You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Boomer. How are you today, buddy boy? You know what? I'm doing all right, Craig. Uh, a little bit of a crazy ride up here this morning, but you know what happened to me last night, and I know this probably happens to millions of people all across the country. You lay your head down on the pillow, and you're like, okay, I got to change things up, right? I got to change things up? Yeah. My routine, you know, I get up at 4.15. Right. It's going to be good. Now I got to get up at 3.45, because I got to drive an hour and 20 further, minutes right. to come, you know, to here where we are today, and it's a great reason why we're here today. But I kept rolling over in the middle of the night, looking at the clock, wondering if I had set the alarm right and wondering whether or not I was going to miss that alarm. And if I would have missed that alarm, then I would have been roasted on this radio yes. show because that's the way things go around And you, here. So that means you were very, you were anticipating, I got to get up, I got to go, I got to go, I got to so get up. So finally, basically, I just decided, all right, I'm getting up at 3 o'clock. I'm making my own coffee. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read the Internet, see right. what's going on out there. And, then and uh, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> and then, so you try to get up right. and do stuff, yes. maybe eventually take a shower, get your day going, right. maybe leave a little bit earlier, whatever it is. And then I fell asleep and again. And you fell back asleep. What time did you finally wake back up? Uh, you so, it was, so it was 20 minutes later. The good news was is that I got up, I showered and everything else. Did the alarm go uh, off? The that? alarm went off correctly at the right time, cause that's, but, but that was in another room, so I never heard it. But uh, at the end of the day, I got up here and uh, thankfully uh, the route from here to which where I was coming from, there is no construction, right? Uh, which may be the only route in New York where there is no construction these days. Traffic free. So I made it up here. I was supposed to make it up here in an hour and 15 minutes. I made it up here in 55 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. Somebody was going fast. Boom! Yeah, Why but not, right? Time, but it was one of those nights where I, I swear, I just I, I put my head on the pillow. It was like 10.30 and I looked at it. It was 11.15. Then it was 12.20. Like, then it was like 2.15 and then finally it was 3 o'clock. You know what? This is ridiculous. I'm just going to get up. So That's my average you know, night. I'll fight through it here at Trump Briarcliff. You know, it's not, not Let's get the the violin out for him now. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I'm talking about. So a little rain now, but the rain's going to go away in time uh, to play, as it does every year for us. Um, So let me start with the Yankees. They almost almost, (laughs) almost did pull the Mets. And, uh, and gave it away. But, you know, Montgomery goes seven, only five hits, uh, did another good job. And, uh, you know, they bring up young guys. And, again, young guys help the Yankees out. Well, Seems like know. no matter – I know there's guys that have had their moments and all. But uh, they bring young guys up, obviously, to get the bad news yesterday about Starling Castro with the hamstring. And the guys somehow find a way, and that's the game the Yankees could not afford to lose. No, especially when you get up uh, 7-1 the way they did. But Shreve came in. He was like a gas can. Chapman also gave up two hits, even though he got two outs. But uh, at the end of the day, they made it interesting. Uh, the, the thing about the Yankees, like I, we were talking about yesterday, a little bit of the injury bug. Now, Starling Castro pulls up with a hamstring, so he's got a wrist and a hamstring. I don't know when we'll see him again. Uh, they're saying that... Uh, that that Hicks is going to be out a month, at least three weeks, right? Right, but uh, so welcome back to the major leagues, Tyler Austin, uh, who did get a home run last night, which and, was huge uh, because they gave up four in the ninth, and they uh, they go from a six two six one going into the ninth to a six five win and barely hang on. And had they lost that game, and I'm watching going, oh, everyone's going to bust my chops. You know, like, what you think about? I this? see where this is going. Here comes the Met rhetoric against me. Well, the Yankees only had six hits last night. Yeah, listen. It's just that two of them were home runs. 
Right. I think two of them home runs. Well, right? yes. listen, Austin, of no, course. Not just one of them home runs. Austin, Austin hit had the home run. run. Right. Uh, Headley had a good two night. Home runs. Actually, Headley had a good night last night. But it's one of those games where, I mean, I started thinking, boy, are the New York Yankees going to go the way the Mets have gone, where they blow leads, they get hurt, you know, they can't get out of their own way, and then there's a level of baseball that makes you go, uh-oh, we're in trouble. But somehow, some way, they, uh, they figure it out. They win. They're now eight games over 500. The Red Sox won as well. But you know, you pointed something out, and I hate to say it, but Governor Christie, who was mocking the Yankees two weeks ago about how they hadn't had any injuries at that point, really, any significant well, I think he was ones. mocking it. I think he was pointing out he that was, it, no, he was what he was it's, doing it's was he was trying to. That they had, really had their injuries, and now all of a sudden their injuries are going to come sooner or later. And I wouldn't say he was mocking. I would say he was somewhat prophetic. He was more. He was he was, he was Prophetic. He was trying to be was, a Maloyke. He was looking out, and he saw some things that he hadn't seen earlier in the was, year that we saw from the Mets, and I'm sure he was defending the Mets from your verbal assault that no, no seems verbal to happen assault. every single day. And all he was pointing out was that the Yankees had been somewhat lucky because they hadn't had at the injury bug at that point. Right. And now all of a sudden, the injury bug has turned and the Yankees are dealing with it. Yankee biatched. Well, Yankee biatched my ass. The bottom line is this. The Yankees had to win that game after the lead they had. And somehow, some way, they held on. But, you know, the, the, the so drama, I'll say it's a good win. I will say this. It was fine. It's one game in the middle of a you know 162 game season, and uh, if they would have lost it, you would have been miserable here this morning, as yes. uh, Yankee fans would have been. But really, the story you know for me last night were two individuals. One was Bill Russell, who yep. uh, you gotta love Bill Russell at the age of 83, standing up there and just absolutely letting the younger guys have it. This a is the bit. NBA awards. The uh, NBA awards last night last on TNT. Yep. So uh, he actually was great last night, and I thought. You know, just like a curmudgeon, an old guy who's got the 11 rings or 10 rings, whatever it is, as a player, and uh, stands up there and just says, you know, I could kick your ass. you got to love that. I probably could, by and, the you way. You know, at the age of 83, you get away with saying stuff like that. Of course. Play, well, you're 83, and you're one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Who won more titles than every one of those guys combined on right. the stage last night? I thought Russell Westbrook deserved it. I said it all year. And that's not taking anything away from James Harden, but... When you do something that has not been done in, God, what, 40 years? Yeah. Um, and, you're the, and you single-handedly bring your team to the playoffs. I don't think anybody – it's weird. It's I don't think you, – you can't argue against Russell Westbrook. You can certainly argue in favor of Harden. But there seems to be this weird – and it happened. We talked about it during the season. This weird agenda against Russell Westbrook, I felt. Well, I think – And then, because, of course, he wins. Well, a little bit, I, I think, because of the reaction of Kevin Durant leaving. But kind of – Again, an NBA player that is kind of weird to me when I when I watch uh, and I listen to the uh, to the thank that you know the thanking speech and all that other stuff. And the speech this time was, you know, uh, it was all about me, me, me. He must have said the word me about thirty seven times. Yep. And then finally he said. It's not about me. It's about my teammates. <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 uh, it was all over the place. Um, but I, I thought he deserved it. I, I don't know that he expected to win, maybe, you know? Yeah, given, the, given the fact of you know, who he's playing with, who they lost, the way the whole situation unfolded in Oklahoma City, and the fact that he stayed behind. Now, he got paid to stay behind. And the way that he played, uh, I, you know, he deserved it. He definitely deserved it because he, he gave his team a chance every night. You could say that LeBron deserves it every single year if you, you want You can make to. the argument. But, you know, listen, they went out and got LeBron players. They built the team around LeBron. LeBron, uh, you know, has this support system. And, you know, and if you ask me, Westbrook had to go 100 miles an hour every single night in order for his team to win. 
and I I can't remember. And I, you know, he cut a couple off nights, you know, shooting and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's the guy that definitely, definitely deserves uh, the MVP. If you want to talk about a most valuable singular player, it's him. It's definitely him. Was there any part of you last night while you're watching when they went through, you know, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond Green, yep. Most Improved Player, the Greek Freak, Sixth Man of the Year, Eric Gordon, Coach of the Year, Mike D'Antoni. I love that. Me too. We'll get to that in a second. Rookie of the Year, Malcolm uh, Brogdon. And then when they said, and now the award for Executive of the Year. Was there any aspect of party that said, I wonder if Phil Jackson's in there? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so pathetic. Like, you look at all the awards last night, and even they, they did a thing like, your know, highlight plays, like the assist of the year, the dunk of the year, the block of the year. I mean, other than the Knicks being on the receiving end of some of those great plays, right. there wasn't a Nick to be found. I don't even know if there's a Nick in the building. Well, Willie, I'm not sure if the Knicks were allowed in the building. Willie Herman Gomez did make the all-rookie team. So good for him, and that's uh, that was unforeseen. Nobody expected that when Correct. the season started. And that young I man, think the Knicks were banned from being in the building. They might have been. They really. And the, been. I think the NBA came out and had an edict saying, "Look, we want this to go well. We don't want people to laugh at us or mock us. We already know that we have major problems in the league, despite you know Golden State kind of you know ha- you know having the way with Cleveland. So let's. How do we ensure that we uh, we mitigate any people laughing at us? Ban all Nick." Employees from the award ceremony. Yeah, okay. Which brings I know, me, I, I know this, but I, I, and which brings me to the thought that we, you know, we've been talking about now for two weeks. I, I just, I totally understand what Carmelo Anthony is doing right now to the Knicks. Yep. He is just going to say, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm not going to be traded, and knowing full well that they're going to end up cutting him, and then he'll be able to pick and choose wherever he wants to go. And the team, like whether it be Cleveland or whether it be the Clippers or anything else, won't have to go to the $30 million range to absorb him into their contract structure. And that's all because of Phil Jackson now uh, verbally basically telling everybody that he doesn't want Carmelo here. Right. So, so I agree. Now, Carmelo's but, playing so, them now. So just think about this for one second. I don't know, maybe you can get your calculator out. Maybe we could figure this out. I got a mind like a calculator. The amount of money that Jim Dolan has spent on this basketball team yes. since the day that Phil Jackson arrived with his $60 million contract. Yes. So they fire Woodson, right? They bring in uh, $793,472. When you think about the amount of waste and what he and, and Jim Dolan and the, amount, the, you know, the owners of the Knicks and the fans of the Knicks have yeah, received in the last three years, depending, you know, looking at the amount of money that has been spent, whether it be the $72 million on Joakim Noah, whether it be you know, the AWOL Derrick Rose, who they're still talking to, sure. uh, the amount of money that they poured down the Carmelo drain and uh, put a no-trade clause attached to it. Uh, the amount of money that they gave to um, was a Derek oh, Fisher. Derek Fisher, and, right? And now you got Hornacek being paid. You got. Uh, I, I mean, it's just it's uh, it's mind blowing. We know what we're it's doing. <laughs> yeah, it's obscene. We're it is absolutely what we do. obscene. I did a great yet, job. <laughs> and yet they sell it every game. So if they, at the end of the day, although I do believe that Dolan Dude, wants to win, how many guys a, run a team like thirteen or fifteen? Twelve. They spend more money than the New York Giants, for yeah, God's sake. There are 12 players on a basketball team, but I do believe that Dolan it wants is, to win. I don't think I'm he's, saying, I don't think he's no, like I'm an not, absent-minded owner, but there's no 
there happens to be currently no added benefit financially other than playoff games to them winning. They sell out every game. But dude, I'm, what Those I'm saying. Those people still eat hot dogs and and uh, and burgers and uh, sausage. Hey, listen, Jim Dolan is, I'm sure, uh, you know, we know him. We've had lunch with him a few times. Seems like a really genuinely nice guy. Wants to do right by the Nick fans. Wants to do right by the Ranger fans. Uh, I know he charges an exorbitant amount of money. Exorbitant. Uh, but but I, I understand all that because it's a it's a product well, that everybody wants. Listen, if people didn't want the product, the prices wouldn't be what they are. Right. But but here's the thing. He is so taken advantage of by the people around him, it is not even funny. It is a disgrace, literally a disgrace, the amount of money that the Knicks have spent on this roster and the amount of coaching and play, uh, uh, personnel people and everything else that's gone on. And, and Phil Jackson right now, not only is he at the head of it making all those decisions, he is the prime example of it. Well, just put it this way. Since Phil Jackson got here, no joke, they've spent about half a billion dollars. I, I know. And, and have lost 50 or more games in three straight years. They had, and here's the thing that gets me. As I don't, we're, we're doing all the basketball because the awards last night. The thing that gets me, when you see all these other guys up on stage and the teams that, even if they didn't win, they, you know they, they're in a great direction and they're going to be competitive and they'll be in the playoffs and whatnot. What gets me is that we're so far away from that right now as a Knicks fan. Like, you, you draft an 18-year-old French kid. What? Yeah, well, like, I mean, he's the best player he, there. He might not even play this well, year. Well, the problem is the Knicks can't you know? get a break and they can't get to the we top have of a the guy lottery. They, we have a guy. They're so bad that they can't get to the top of the lottery when they, even when they are bad. We have a guy <laughs> that they refer to as the That's unicorn. That's how bad they are, yes. Now, why do they call him the unicorn? Because he has certain skills that they've never seen really before, other than maybe Nowitzki, right? Yep. And we can't get that right. Let Like, if you ever saw a unicorn and you captured it, you'd probably be a pretty wealthy guy since no one's ever actually captured a unicorn, right? Okay. Even Ringling, Barnum, and Bailey never had an actual real-life unicorn. The Knicks somehow find themselves with a unicorn, right? So what are we going to do to him? Let's announce everyone and get rid of it. I'm morons. And what I don't understand, and I say this about the Mets... Uh, with with Will Pond, who you can't get rid of. I'll say it about the New York Jets with Woody Johnson, who thankfully we've sent off to Great Britain. And I'll say it about the Knicks. I don't understand Jim Dolan when he had the chance a few months ago to get rid of Phil Jackson. There's an option in the contract. He could have said, you know what? It hadn't worked out. Boom! Peace out. You know, maybe he just and what up. did he do? <clears throat> he actually pushed the button and opted in. You know what he might have what? done? You know what he might have done? He might have said, you know what? Phil Jackson's made this place so uninhabitable that I'm going to make him live through it and make him be the guy that uh, suffers the same. And he hates error. us, the fans. If, if, that, if that was the rationale, it'd be like FAN bringing Mike back. I mean, it's over. It's gone. Goodbye. You opted out. It has. It's not working anymore. Stop bringing him back. No more FAN. Thank you. The good news, of course, is that we do live in a town in which... Uh, the New York Yankees residing. Yeah, well, they probably won a game. And even though things went south for uh, 10 out of the last 12. So you're thinking now they're going to get ready to go back on the run again. <laughs> the New York Yankees played the White Sox last night, and the new run has begun. Yeah, okay. See, it rhymes. Stop. And I should say, um, Stop. say with great pride that we are here at uh, Trump. National and Briarcliff Manor, Westchester County, about uh, 40 minutes or so outside of New York City for uh, my foundation's fourth annual golf tournament. It's called TikTok Stop. 
It's uh, our celebrity golf tournament. It always rains a little bit in the morning, and then it clears right up. We have um, well over 100 golfers that are coming today, and it's our, uh, one of our two largest fundraisers of the year in our attempts to uh, fund our camp which is a week-long sleepaway camp, which we started with 27 kids three years ago. We're now at a full capacity of 60 kids for this year's Camp Carton, which is over on the campus of Kindering. And, of course, we do our research trying to find, a, if not a cure just yet, a way to help mitigate the ticks that are associated with Tourette's. And I'm very happy to say that, with fingers crossed, in the next 90 days, we are hoping for some really good news from the FDA that we've uh, come up with uh, exactly that. So events like this and people like Boomer and everyone else that's going to come participate, help us raise money today, goes a very, very long way to helping us achieve our goals in the world of a threat. So we also want to thank uh, Mr. Lynch and the Trump Association for having us here. Uh, it's the only place I would ever do the golf tournament because they're so kind to us and help us raise as much money as possible, and we expect to do that again today. So that's why we're here. It's Boomer and Carton, mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. All right, Boomer and Carton, uh, fourth annual TikTok Stop Golf Tournament at Trump in Briarcliff Manor, 625. And a young man named Jerry Recco joins us as the rain has stopped. Loving it. Hi, Jerry. Good morning. We're brought to you by Infinity of Massapequa, family-owned and operated since their inception in 1989. Shop 24-7 at Massapequa.com. Yankees, White Sox in Chicago last night, and the Yankees got a home run, but it was not from Aaron Judge or Gary Sanchez or even Brett Gardner or anybody of that like. Instead, how about Tyler Austin? Austin drills one to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh. Tyler Austin is his first home run of the year. Yeah. His second RBI both tonight. Austin powers one in the left field seats. Get it? And the Yankees now take a 4-1 lead. Boom, Sudi did there. Yeah, Austin I, I, yeah, I heard you it. Austin Powers. I heard it. To play off the very well-known movie of Austin Powers. Balsamic vinaigrette. And then he had balsamic vinaigrette on a salad. <laughs> John John's watching his waistline a little bit. On you know, man. so am I, Carton. Oh, jeez. Oh, Here we so? go. <laughs> <laughs> balsamic vinaigrette. What is that? I don't know what he's doing. He's uh, basically... He's a shopping list. Yes. 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 He was doing a, he's doing a cooking show on Hallmark Channel right after the Kitty Bowl this year. Oh, Almond yes. nut butter. <laughs> Damn, I need to get a piece <laughs> of that. Almond nut butter. What am I doing? Oh, a boomer. Uh, do you like <laughs> almond nut butter? Avocado toast. Oh, that's Semi-sweet chocolate yeah. morsels. That, morsels. And the only thing I don't know what it's like in the suburbs... But, you know, the biggest thing in New York City right now, and about every block's got one, yeah. are these new poke bowl uh, places. Yes. Everyone's got a poke bowl. What does that, that even mean? So, originally, well, poke was like tuna poke. It was like uh, Pacific Ocean tuna. Tuna poke. Some kind of like Hawaiian soy sauce or something. It was great, pokey. right? Right. But now everything's pokey. So, it started in California, and now every, no joke, every block in New York City has a pokey place. So is pokey the sauce? I don't know, man. I was in a place like yesterday. A chicken pokey? Right near Clyde Frazier's. And uh, they go, pokey here. I go, all right, let me go in and get a little poke. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I yeah. thought maybe it was like, uh, you know, a happy ending or something. There's a new massage parlor, you know, <laughs> forehand pokey or something like that. Uh, so I go in there. And again, I told the store a few months ago. It's the same place I went I told Boomer about. Yeah. The thing about it, this one joint is that there's just like... Raw fish that's been slapped into a container that's just sitting there all day. And these uh, bougie millennials, I guess, like, oh, I'll have the tuna 
and all the salmon looks good of the salmon. And then they have it with like caraway. I don't know what the hell it is. It's very strange. So I go and I go, yo, give me the chicken and the rice. <laughs> so what are you? What are you a are you a millennial huh? too? Are you going I'm in there and slapping this stuff together? No, like I that? slapped the. I choked that chicken right in the bowl. Yeah. Mm. I look at it, there was chicken. There was. I mean, it can't be. It's not like they they found a tuna in the Hudson, right? True. True. And we're like. Well, here's your tuna. We just caught it this morning. Where do you think they get all this stuff from? I don't know. I think they make it up. The ocean. I don't think it's from the ocean anymore. I think they have like, <laughs> farm-raised salmon. And stuff. But, but, uh, I just kind of feel like but we're just, just gonna, sits out. What is that, that can't show I watch where they're farming in the in the ocean in Alaska? Yeah, yeah, that's that good called? too. It's called Deadliest uh, Catch. Yes. No, not Deadliest Catch. That's yes. that, Deadliest Catch for crabs. You're talking about tuna. Yeah, I was That's talking. About, but I was talking about the show Deadliest Catch. Wicked tuna. Wicked tuna. No, I'm not Wicked talking about that. We're gonna run out of tuna. Uh, In our lifetime, we will run out of tuna. Right. Because if you, if how are we not going to run out of lobster and crab and everything else and oysters and like clams? Rabbits. Is that way it is? Yeah. Cows. Where are they getting? Yeah, the I'll tell you what. You think about the amount of food just eat, eating here in New York City. Think yeah. about that for a second. Now you get pokey in every street corner. Where's all that tuna coming from? You know, as they say, you could eat at a different restaurant for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of your life if you live to 75 and never eat at the same place twice. I'm trying, man. Think about that. You're I know well you are. on your way. I'm well on my way. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. What else you got, Jerry? So I, found a, I, I found a place. They call it a salamaria. You know what that is? Not like bacteria? Is no, it for cheese? It's, dude, cheese and cured Italian meats. There you go. <laughs> Slap that in a bowl and call it dinner. Yeah, cheese it up, baby. It's great. <laughs> what else? Diarrhea. Um, so the Yankees win 6-5. to five. Uh, Here was Austin. And they, by the way, the game was a mess. And you have something to worry about, oh, by the way. Well, big concern. Yeah, big concern. So yeah, what, Araldis, what am I worried about? Well, well. Araldis Chapman should have been off last night, but Chasen Shreve was a gas Shreve bag. sucks. He's always sucked. So they bring in Chapman. He gives up a hit, a oh. double. Man, I'll tell you what. His spin rate, Craig, the oh, lowest geez. it's been in three years. See, there are problems there. <laughs> there are big problems there. That's, that's because if you're Chapman and you're sitting there and the Yanks have a 6-1 lead in the ninth, right? You shut it down. You're, you're pretty much, you're thinking about, all right, what restaurant are we going to? Uh, which, uh, who am I calling? All that stuff. What, what buddies are we going to meet out? Like, I'm making plans, right? Well, Strippers and porn stuff. Well, I'm not saying that's the plan, no. Jerry. Why can't a guy just have a nice steak with his buddies and go home and watch porn and then go to bed? I said strippers as well. Right. So, and then all of a sudden they're like, and he should have known too. You bring Shreve in, you better start warming up. <laughs> it's like bringing Tyler Clippard in. Hey, uh, uh, Araldis, Clippard's going to go in? You might want to start loosening up the old uh, the old bone. You know, it just goes to show you uh, how important these late inning pitchers are, man. Is that right? Uh, well, uh, the reason I say that is because all right, it's been Clippard, and everybody can look at Clippard and say, okay, he's having an off brutal. last just month. He's been him. terrible. But, you know, beginning of the year, he was good, though. Shreve blows. You know, timeout. No, no. He had a bad night. Oh, my like, God. Shreve has blown for two years. <laughs> but it just goes to show you how one guy can go in there and all of a sudden not be his night and then basically put the team in peril. Yeah. That's what happens. That's why those guys get paid what they get paid. You always say, oh, you can, you, you're paying this guy for throwing 15 pitches. I've never blah, once blah, 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 blah. Yes, you have. I've never once yes, said Yes, you have. You always pitch and complain about how much money these guys make. I've never once said boo about it. And then when they go out there and they don't do their job and they do something negative, then all of a sudden it's their fault and let's tar and feather them, get rid of them. <laughs> Jesus, God. Relax. <laughs> Michael Kay responded to my text message, but he did something really douchey and pissed about he gave my phone number out to other people. What it like to who? To other people on, like on the show. Like Paul O'Neill? No, no, I don't care. No, he gave it to that little uh, chipmunk that uh, that that works with them. Oh, here we go. And now we're in I, now, radio now. No, I'm saying now I'm getting. He's been in this. Now know. I'm getting text messages from this talentless hack 
And I'm like, yeah, dude, you don't give the number out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of wrong. You should write him a note saying, dude. Well, although I, I gave his number to you. Yeah, that's different. We're in the business. Well, so are they. <laughs> what, do what? what do you mean? Not, not really, though. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, what do you mean, not really? Yes, they are. But like, uh, not, I mean, not really. I saw, I saw a tweet like, that they had the number one show or something last night. Or something. Come on. Did hmm. you see that? What? I saw a tweeted last night, something about them having a number one show or something. Uh, they had this one week where uh, the, the stars and the moon and the planets were aligned, oh. and one guy named Fred in the Bronx happened to have them on by mistake. Oh, okay. And like, woohoo, we win. Great. All right, great. Woo-hoo. Well, it's good. It's you a win. first. You, you'd be you'd be Yeah, uh, you ain't lying. I'd be yeah, I'm sure it. you'd be all over if, it. If, if, if I lost Radio 973 geek. consecutive weeks, and finally uh, you know, it was a blind squirrel that found the, you know, a nut mm. once, I'd be all over it. You know, <laughs> I like this. This is Craig defending Mike. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm not defending Mike. I'm just saying, don't give my number out to other people, dummy. All right. Well, well, maybe you should call him and tell him that, hmm. as opposed to telling him on the airwaves well, so many people can listen. Yeah, I wrote back. Who is this? I'm the best there is. That's my man. <laughs> Look at that lobster they found yesterday in Boston. It's a big lobster. That's a they big lobster. That? Huh? that doesn't look real. What do you mean? That's real? real. That that's real. real. What's, what's not real? Know, every about time that? I go to a restaurant, I see lobsters in the tank. They're never that. Why don't you stop going to cheaper? Live lobster found in luggage at Boston Airport. It was they found in someone's exactly. luggage. Not yeah. real. So oh, that's a real lobster. Well, I mean, it, somebody was smuggling a lobster, or somebody was bringing a lobster from in, where to where? Where was the flight? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Someone was smuggling a 20 pound lobster, and you know, you know what happened? The baggage was over to 50 pounds. They probably go, <laughs> "Hey, listen, you got to readjust the bag." The guy opens it up, and there's a lobster in it. TSA agents at Boston Logan Airport got up close and personal with a 20 pound live lobster discovered in a passenger's checked luggage Sunday. Yeah. Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah, that's what happened. He's probably over the weight limit. They're like, that's $5. It's certainly the largest lobster I've ever seen. McCarthy, he's a TSA agent, has told the Boston Globe. You got to eat it, right? Uh, you got to eat that. Yeah, thing. but do they confiscate it? Are well, the guys the, eat well it? lobsters it are allowed to travel and check baggage, provided that they are transported in clear plastic spill-proof containers. That's so stupid, by the way. <laughs> what, is someone going to put a bomb inside a lobster claw, really? A TSA officer will... Inspect your lobster at the checkpoint. The side, the side promises. Can you imagine being the guy behind the dude with the lobster, <laughs> just trying to get and you're out. like, "Hey, what's what's up? With, what's going on here? Why is your weight?" And then you see some guy holding up a 20 pound lobster. He's got like a leash on it. See what you can't like, Are you anything. kidding me? We're all waiting here because you're bringing a lobster on the plane. You cannot. You cannot in any way, shape, or form take for granted about what you just said. You did. It was a flipping stupid remark. You think someone's going to put a firecracker in a Why lobster? Not? Why not? You never Come know, on. man. You never I, know. But, so how I'm does sorry, the, that's the world on. we live in How now. does the clear plastic bag prevent sub, that? Can you have some common sense? Yes. Don't please. bring a lobster on a plane. Well, how about that for common well, sense? Well, maybe. No, there you please. go. Yes, yeah, but hold on. How does, if you have the lobster, yeah. not in a bag, if you, here's the problem. You put that lobster in a bag and people say, all right, he's done it the TSA way. Right. Then Peter's on your ass for choking the lobster on. You're suffocating the person. How does thing. the lobster not die? Because they're lobsters. Mm. They're amphibious. What does that mean? They're ambidextrous. Yeah, they're both righty and lefty. Yep. <laughs> you don't know this about lobsters, but lobsters just I don't know lobsters. What that means. They can chop you with the right claw or Boom. the left claw. How does it stay alive in flight inside a plastic because, bag? Because, well, no, inside the plastic bag, it'll die because it, it, it can't breathe. Right, it can't breathe. And it well, can't they're breathe. assuming you're going to kill it, but then if it dies in the bag, you can't eat it because then it goes bad. Right, right. that's my point. Which that's is why you should just boil the bitch and then put it in your bag. Maybe some guy, it sounds like to me, some guy caught it up there in the Boston area and was probably bringing 
back it off to somewhere to go and eat it. Or maybe so uh, eat it, Jerry. Maybe he's going to save it. He was one of those like PETA it. members, you know. PETA game. <laughs> so there, there was a crazy. I don't know if you saw this online. The other day, uh, I forget which subway uh, station it was. There was a, a a rat, like a four of maybe six pound rat. Nice. And the rat's dying, and it's like, oh, <laughs> right. Yes. And there's a woman out there telling everyone, "Stay away. We got to save him." And they're like, excuse me? And the rat's like, I'm going to die. And she goes, everybody back up. We got to give the rat some space. Shut up. I swear to God. Why does that surprise you? People are crazy. And the rat's like, I'm going to. And the rat's like kind of rolling over. Rick and Morty's is about to sit Come in. We it's like so one last attempt to get out. And this woman's like, everybody back up. Give him some room to breathe. Have morons. <laughs> <laughs> what else, Jerry? Uh, Starlin Castro strained a hamstring last. Oh, that's problematic. That is really that problematic. is problematic. I Again, agree. now he was having an all-star season and everything else, and now he's probably done for the year. No, no, he's not done for the year. Oh, he's not done for the year. No, he's not done for the year. That's Stop. right. He doesn't play for the Mets uh, tonight. Luis Severino, Jose Quintana are your starters. Red Sox did win. Like, yeah, they did. Like, I, I want to ask you one question. You're going to do the Mets. You get the Mets, right? Yeah, give me They're the Mets. playing the Marlins. All right. Okay. So over under for uh, Giancarlo Stanton's home run total against the Mets. How many games? Were they playing three games? Yeah, I would think so. I didn't look, but I think so, yeah. 11. No, it's 11. 11. <laughs> over-under, I would say four. No, no, there's got to be, they can't, the over-under can't be four. Why? Because it's only it's three be games. The over-under's got to be three. like two and, two and a half. Two and a half? I'd I'm probably say you. one and a half is a better over-under. Every superstar we play against ends up ripping the cover off the ball against us. So I was just... You would take over two and a half? I would take over two and a That's half. That's going to be... I would take that bet all day. You would? The real over-under should probably be one and a half. But what do you want to make it? Well, I mean, I, I know I know you're going to take the over anyway, so well, I'm going to yeah, make I it five. I, well, no, you're not. I mean, I would nah, bet you To be anyway, fair... No, I would you Because you don't pay your bets. Gazelman, oh. Mats, and Lugo. That's right. Gazelman, Mats, and Lugo. Yes. The over-under legitimately would be one and a half. All right, so I'll take the over. For breakfast. Fine. Great. That you're not going to buy. I mean, I've bought breakfast every day for nine consecutive years. I haven't asked no you. No one has ever chipped in a five. That's not true. That's not true. A penny. I buy and coffee every day. If you add it up, you do. Thank the you. amount you're of welcome. money I've spent on breakfast for you, knuckleheads. No, no. I mean, it might be $100,000. Hold on. Thousand on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Yeah. You don't buy the breakfast for the knuckleheads. You buy the breakfast for you. Oh, yeah. I buy a dozen bagels for myself. That's what you do. Yes. No, I don't. Al, have you ever asked him, hey, Craig? Am I buying some bagels today? <laughs> but you may not. You have not, right? Because Nobody's ever asked them anything. You don't have do you to, bring your wasa bread and on, peanut butter powder you, you may not ask, but I do it for you. That's very nice. I don't see don't you shine away from it because you didn't ask for it. If it's there, why not right. enjoy it? I get a few. I think it's part of I'm glad that I can afford it. It's my uh, pleasure to buy you guys breakfast. No, it's not. But no, nine years later, no, it's, it's I don't know anything about it's money. Not, it's a setup. Let me get myself breakfast. I'll buy more, and then I can throw it in their face when no one else does. No, it has nothing to do with that. Don't you understand what this is? I don't. This know. is his sickness that he has. He gets there in the morning. He has to go online and he has to order something, and he has to have somebody deliver it. Well, that's that's just—it's like it's a sickness. It's like an addiction that you have. My wife said the same thing. Yes. 
Maybe there's something to it. And Al, Al, we've been talking about this for years and years, and there's he the food that he doesn't eat. Breakfast. But no, morning. that was, as you know, this was the display plate, so people would see how wonderful the food looks here. Egg white omelet, potatoes, sausage, bacon. So you go, if I'd like a plate, they'd make you a nice display plate first. Oh, see? Look how perfect that see? is. It does look But good. you notice how nothing's running off the plate. No. It's perfectly situated on the plate. Potatoes in there, section, sausage, sideways, sectional, the bacon, perfect, the egg white omelet, Perfectly crafted. That's how you present food. Like most places could take a lesson from uh, Trump here. That's how you present. He also has a submarine. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Making breakfast great. (laughs) Well, I was in the city of three. I had to get a turkey sandwich for the road. (laughs) What? What are you doing with yourself? He's just driving in a three. You you think this is all a setup? It's not a setup. It's just something that he can't. I went to the. There's a place on Hudson Street, uh, Hudson and. I don't know where it is. King, I guess, is like one of those you know 24-hour places. And these two very nice uh, um, Chinese men working there, and I do magic tricks for them every morning. <laughs> so I go in, every day I buy a deck of cards, I get a turkey sandwich, and I do magic tricks. Every, every day, day you, you buy, buy a deck of yeah. cards? Yeah. yeah. Why not just keep the same deck of well, cards? Well, because I typically lose them. So I go in, and the one guy, the older gentleman, does not speak any English. And it's fascinating when I find his card and how he reacts to it. It's wonderful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, they say sex, food, and magic, and magic are the three universal languages. Got it. Fantastic. That's, and that's what we do. What yeah. else, Jerry? Russell Westbrook. Excuse me? What? What did he say? Did you just ask me what? I was wondering if he has sex with them. No, I did not. Oh, okay. Yet. But, but, I'm wor- but, but I'm working on it. No, with the, uh, the older Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Westbrook, your MVP. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, Coach of the Year. Draymond. Russell Westbrook. Are we going to do this every hour? <laughs> yeah. Every hour. Cartini. Now look at me. Uh, Willie Ernan Gomez of the Knicks uh, from all rookie teams. That's kind of cool, right? Maybe? No? Hello? I mean, it's uh, it's uh, like being the tallest yeah. dwarf in the circus, but it's something. Well, it's nice for him. And then just uh, Nick Fairley, who's on the Saints now, is going to miss the entire for year. What? Heart condition or some oh. ailment. And I guess there have been some experts that have told him your career's over. I would think so, right. Well, I guess they'll seek No one wants to hear that, of course, though. That's a terrible story. Boomer and Card on the fan, uh, live up in Briarcliff Manor for the fourth annual TikTok Stop Celebrity Golf Tournament as we raise money to help find a cure for Tourette's one day. But in the meantime, uh, fund research into help mitigating the ticks that are associated with Tourette's and fund a Camp Carton, which is uh, going to enjoy its fourth year this summer as well. With 60 young uh, boys and girls between the ages of 9 and 14 attending a one-week sleepaway camp. And that's why we're here, and we got lots more to come. All right, a ticket drop brought to you by your local Tri-State Ford dealers right now. Be calling number 7 at 866-540-9326 to win tickets to see Queen featuring Adam Lambert as they take the stage Wednesday, July 26th at Prudential Center. <laughs> in New in Newark. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Oh my God, Eddie! It's all from the fan. Oh. Listen to that voice. I'd love to get a hit. I want a hit off of Keiko. I'd love to get a hit. Some would say she's the best tennis player of all time. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. One of the big stories that we dealt with yesterday, kind of the towards the end of the show, that's uh, reared its ugly head here again today, is the comment, uh, the comment 
made by John McEnroe about Serena Williams. And now that Serena Williams has responded to it, everyone's now got to figure out how to react to it. What's amazing about it is that John McEnroe couldn't have been any more complimentary of Serena Williams as a tennis player. And beyond just her physical ability, credited her mental toughness with uh, why, in his opinion, she's the greatest female tennis player of all time. Period. Stop. Well, she plays female tennis. Right. So then all of a sudden the rhetoric now becomes, why do you always have to couch it as she's the best woman? Why can't she be the best player? Well, the answer to that is because she's not. Period. Stop. Yeah, well. And then that becomes, of course, uh, a column that's got to be written about how, as far as women have come in sports, we haven't come far enough because we still compare women to men. Now, for the record, John McEnroe did not compare her to men. He was The gal the, that was doing the interview He was said asked by that. a woman to compare right. her. So he gave an honest answer. Could she be well, a, a guy in a given day? Yes. Over the course of... An entire season? No. Right, and everybody wants to compare it to the whole Bobby Riggs situation, which is not what John McEnroe was saying. He was talking about the men's circuit because he was asked about the men's circuit. I I don't know why we... Well, then, of course, course, the the female writers out there now have to take on the issue. Why? And they have to call up the experts, and the experts have got to give their take on the whole thing. What what, what makes you an expert? In some way, shape, or form, somehow... Serena Williams seemed to be demeaned by all this when in actuality he was nothing but saying she is the greatest women's tennis player of all time. <laughs> right. That, and, that is saying and that's what she is. about anybody in whatever sport they play right. or whatever they do and whether it includes men or not. Now, let me explain to you why he did not say that she's the greatest tennis player of all time for two reasons. One, she's not. Number two... There is a women's league and a men's league for a reason. And let me be very clear about it in case many of you out there have not figured out what the reason is. This does not make me sexist. This does not make me stereotypical in what I'm about to say. This does not mean um, in any way, shape, or form demeaning the ability of the amazing uh, female athletes that have graced the courts or the fields or uh, the ice. If you played, if every sport was co-ed, 99.9% of women, unfortunately, would not be playing professional Uh, sports. Okay, so. Not because they're not wonderful athletes, they are. But just for whatever the reason is, the way we were born and God's great gift to us athletically is that the best men happen to be better than the best women. That happens to be a fact. Well, what ends up happening? And that's not now, sexist to say that. Well, what happens now? Oh, you're a heathen, Carton. How, you know, da- how dare you have that opinion? We want you to come on NPR and MSNBC and defend that disgusting, archaic stance. Right, it's a disgusting, <laughs> archaic stance. But you know, it's a re- the reason being is because now you know people are going to be writing about their own feelings about it. And Barbara Barker, who's a writer for Newsday, who I've followed many years, who actually covered me, I believe, when I was a Jet, uh, wrote about the issue uh, this morning and she went and asked a person by the name of Mary Jo Kane who is the director of the Tucker Center for Research on Girls and Women in Sport at the University of Minnesota so here we go right when North Carolina this is what Mary Jo Tucker said uh, Kane says when North Carolina wins the NCAA tournament, people don't demand they go beat Cleveland or, or the Golden State Warriors in boxing you don't ask a middleweight champion to go beat a heavyweight I don't know what that means. Oh, well, the point is lesser, and I'm using the word lesser in quotes. Male athletes or teams never get compared in ways 
that degenerate or marginalize their accomplishments by comparing them to a superior entity. Yes, they do, by the way. When we do that to women, it takes away from their greatness. They aren't allowed to be wrong. great on their own. Wrong. How many, wrong. Time, how many times have we said, are the Bulls better than the Cavaliers? Every day of the week. How many times have we said, are the Yankees of 1927 better how than this? the Yankees LeBron isn't as good as Jordan. It's right? like we argue every single right. day, it seems like. And by that. Better, what, what eras were better? What teams were better? How come you know pitchers today uh, don't last as long as right. yesteryear? That's all. And by do. the way, the heathen in this story that said what he said, John McEnroe, wasn't the one that brought up the comparison. The woman that interviewed him at NPR is the one that asked the question. Well, Shame on her. The other, and then they go on a little bit further. She says, in other words, if this is the metric we use, then a woman can never be the best. Sadly, that may be the point of some of us, why some of us use it. I don't think that McEnroe's, that, that's McEnroe's point. McEnroe, who last won a major championship in 1984, is a feminist when it comes to advocating for equal pay for women and men in tennis but he does have a book to sell and he's managed to remain in the public eye because of his mouth because uh, as she puts it is still agile as ever yeah his mouth is agile as ever but he's stayed in the public eye because he's one of the iconic players in the sport who's become a very good and well thought of broadcaster uh he did not bring up the comparison between men and women he was asked a question now he might have said about it and simply said she could beat a guy on a random day yes she's that good no. over the course of a season she would not be able to compete at the same level and why is that so bad to say why, why can't we just, let's be truthful and honest about it. She's the greatest women's tennis player of all time. No one disputes that. She has dominated the landscape of her chosen sport to her credit. That's no longer enough. Oh, and by the way, she might be able to beat the 100th ranked man. So what? And there's also the... It's not demeaning or also denigrating the, her. the underlying current that according uh, to Barbara in her uh, article... Now, I, have not, I, I don't remember this. Maybe you do. McEnroe has been trying to coax Williams into a match for years. President Trump approached McEnroe 17 years ago about paying a $1 million winner-take-all match against Williams or her sister Venus. McEnroe told Jimmy Kimmel two years ago that he believed that he could still beat Williams to this very day. Well, I don't know about all that, but I can tell you that when you compare things to the Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King thing, which is uh, the, really a watershed moment in a good way for uh, for women's sports and created Title IX and all the other things that afforded women the opportunities that they truly deserve in the athletic realm. Yeah. Um, remember that Billie Jean King was the uh, greatest living women's tennis player at the time in her prime. Bobby Riggs was a 53-year-old man who was a carnival barker and used to uh, take money by making crazy bets on the tennis court at country clubs across America, and he knew his role. And he's as much responsible for that great day, I think it was in the Houston Astrodome, yes. as Billie Jean Winning was. And it is sad that it took a stage carnival uh, uh, event to bring the rest of the country into the real world that women are great athletes and can achieve these amazing things and can compete uh, professionally and collegially, et cetera, et cetera, and should be afforded every opportunity to do so. Yes. But it's not a knock on Serena or any other woman athlete to, when asked the question, could you play well or beat your contemporary on the man's side? 
The answer just happens to be no. You know, it is. But why is that a negative? How, how many times have we? Uh, the thing that bothers me about the whole article is the expert in the field, the director of Tucker Center Research on Girls and Women in Sports. She obviously does not listen to sports talk radio because all across the landscape of sports talk radio, that's all anybody ever does is compare a previous generation uh, right. or a, a previous player's generation to to today's players. That's what and we do. The situation. That's all we ever do. And you know, uh, we always we talk about uh, you know the the women's basketball team at Connecticut and whether or not they could beat a high school boys basketball team. Right. And we've we've all said yes, they could, and they would probably run them right into the ground. Well, I mean, I, so, but that's the other side of the argument. Right. And nobody takes issue with that part of the right. argument. Right. When I come out and say that the UConn women would beat, it was a the single best uh, AAU high school boys team, so all college, you know, eligible kids that are going to go and play Division One college. And I said they would beat them down by thirty. Everyone's like, no, you're totally wrong. The women have no chance, right? And now this is the other side but of the argument. But those same saying, how dare John McEnroe come out like that? Yeah. There's a God above, ha, and there's a God below, ha. He is a heathen who will go straight to hell. Yeah, well, I don't... I, I don't and he's ugly. You know, what he said is what he felt in his heart, and I still believe he's the one that he can was say that. He was asked the question. And why could he say that? Because he spent his entire life playing the great game of tennis. And I, he would why, know better than you and I would. I just understand why... Why we have this uh, this uh, burning desire to try to invent arguments and situations and cry, you know, sexism or racism or religionismism or whatever it might be, right? Just leave it alone. Why can't you just be the like if someone said Boomer Esiason, the greatest sports talk show host in America? Yeah, the greatest male sports talk show host. Would someone go, oh, is that right? Uh, what about uh, when you compare it to the, the, to the, the yeah. women that do this? Right. And they said, well, listen, as great as he is, he's no Amy Lawrence. You that's understand true. what I'm saying? That's right. And then you have this whole argument, well, why? Because he's a man? No, right? because I can't do five hours overnight by you know, myself. There used to that's be why. a bad stereotype that men couldn't cook. That was the thing that a woman was like Julia Child or whoever, Rachel Ray, right? Right. That when you compared men in the kitchen to women in the kitchen, there's this terrible stereotype that women are the best chefs. Yeah, but now, is that a negative stereotype towards women or a negative stereotype towards men? I don't know what it is, but I know this. I guess you could argue it either way. When you look at the top 10 chefs in America, uh -oh. I bet you they're equally represented men and women. Right? I hope so. God, Shut, hope it so. Shut it down! <laughs> Shut it down! Shut it down! And were you not a fan of Julia Childs? Do you do a child impersonation? Boomer does a great Julia Child impersonation. Go ahead, do no, it. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, Eat I don't. the chicken! Go do it. Eat the chicken! Cut the chicken! The, 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 the skin off the back of the chicken! Is that the way you want it done? <laughs> That's not what it was. <laughs> what was it? Do the... <laughs> I did the thing you did the other day. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Not exactly. There you go. That's Boomer, no joke. You put a couple of Johnny Walker Blues and Boomer. Do it today. If you're playing golf with him, he will bust out a junior child as good as anyone. That's such a random thought that makes I, no sense. Dude, we were at karaoke lunch last Wednesday. Oh, Jesus. And Boomer, he, didn't, he was doing, if I remember correctly, because I had a few drinks myself, he was doing Terry Collins. If Terry Collins and Julia Child had a baby, what would that baby sound like? <laughs> and all Boomer did for a half hour goes, Heck and older. It made no sense. We all thought it was funny. So for like a half hour, 
he was nonstop like you'd be like, Hey, it's your turn to sing Journey and we go, <laughs> He even tried to order the they display this the dish called glass noodles at this place we do karaoke. And just like a uh, uh, like a Chinese noodle dish, right? He goes, <laughs> it's very funny though. You had to be there, I guess. Yeah, I guess you had to be there. It's Boomer and Carton mornings from six to ten on the Fan. The Yankees win, but at what price and cost? As uh, Sony Castro goes out with the hammy, I wonder why so many guys. It seems like more than ever. I know with pitches, it's the arm, right? And maybe I just didn't take stock of it as a kid, or maybe we just don't remember because it wasn't. You know, the amount of information was a lot different back in the day. Right. And access to, the, you know, having the internet and 19 guys that worked for the team and all that stuff. But it would seem that there's a lot more hamstring injuries than ever before, too. Which also takes me back to these guys work out too much. You don't need to have muscles to play baseball. Ever. You know what? I, I take a look at Giancarlo Stanton and I'm like, uh, you know what? You can work out. That guy's a stud. And he plays like it. And he's awesome. And I would say that Aaron Judge is that way. I wouldn't say Bellinger's that way out there in L.A. He looks like just a normal, like, right. Sean Green type of player. Right. Aaron Judge is just a big dude. He's just like 6'10". Yeah, but I'm sure, but I'm sure he works out. I'm sure he, you know, goes after it in the weight room. Like, look at uh, Albert Pujols. Yeah, but I, th- guy, I think there's something a, else that there. That guy is a monster. Yeah, but those, the guys that have those, those really tight muscles. Yeah. Where, you know, those that would guys. Be Stan, that would be Stanton. Stanton is like a really high-conditioned athlete. I would also say that about Cespedes. I think those guys all did something. That's my opinion. There's a, there's a, a like you an, Curtis Granderson say that guy doesn't right? do anything. There's like an uncomfortable, th- tight thickness on a dude. When I see Jay, you're Bruce, like that guy did I, something. When I see Jay Bruce, I look like a you know he he could be my kindred spirit, big thick guy. Yeah, but you, you know guys are saying? you guys are like big bone thick. Yeah, the guys like Pujols yeah. become like muscularly thick. Right, that's a whole different type of thickness. It's all about man. thickness. Yeah, Erickson Queens on the fan. Thickness. Eric, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'll make the argument this way. I'll use the gym. What argument are we talking about? How about good morning? How are you? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so Jim Marshall was 210 pounds, is in the Football Hall of Fame, is one of the great defensive linemen of all time. Yeah. We don't take him out of the Hall of Fame and say he couldn't even make a professional football team today because he's not as good as the players today. Correct. But his wheelhouse at his time, he was one of the greats. Sure. Arena Williams is the greatest tennis player of all time, not because he's, there, are the, there are tennis players who could beat him, but because in her wheelhouse, she dominated more than any tennis player. Yeah, she's the best woman's player of all time. That's not a knock. So I'm not saying it's a knock, and, and she is the best woman's player, but I would say she's the greatest tennis player because in her... For who she no, so here's the difference. Woman, here's here's the, it's, it's, a, it's a semantic argument, but I would tell you, I, let me, I'm going to make two statements, all right? You tell me if you see the difference, all right? Okay. State, this is Eric, right? Yeah. Statement number one. Yeah. Serena Williams is the most dominant tennis player of her era. Statement number yeah. two. Serena Williams is the best women's tennis player of all time. Both. Correct. But Serena Williams could not compete against the best men in the world. Why is that didn't a not? Didn't say she could. Right, but that's, that's what the argument's become, that in some way we're demeaning her ability. No, I, I get that. I'm not even making that point. I'm simply saying we don't take Jim Marshall out of the Hall of Fame. No, but, and I'm agreeing with you. If you want to talk about pure dominance, men or women, don't matter. She's the most dominant tennis player, certainly of a generation, maybe of all time. Right, man or woman. So, but then when the, but then, yeah. So that the, that's all. That's the best way to describe it. Dominance, yeah, right? I agree. So I'll give you a better one. 
the UConn women are the most dominant college basketball team of all time, or at least since UCLA. Right? But they couldn't beat a man team. They couldn't they wouldn't be within fifty of, of a of top level division one men's I team. That. I get that. But I right. get that both sides get very sensitive. So the so to the side of like, oh my god, she's the greatest oh, she's not she can't beat a man. Of course she right. can't, but she's the greatest player because in her wheelhouse. No, again the tur the the, the the action where there's greatest, that's the problem. She's not the greatest. She's the most dominant. It's, I know it's one well, word. But that word has a completely different meaning, I, and, uh, and that's how it is. I, and and I'm right, that, and you're wrong. I get that, but then we should then we should take the Jim Marshalls out of the Hall of Fame because yeah, really, you, let me ask you a question. Good. Just out of curiosity, what's your yeah. deal with Jim Marshall? <laughs> Why do you have a bone? No, I just thought it was a good example. I'm what what is, here's my deal with Jim Marshall. I always thought that was a great example of a guy who's 210 pounds. Sure. Wouldn't even make a professional team today. Well, look, if, if football is the worst sport to use on that because you could take any guy, 95% of the guys that played in the 50s and 60s, and they would look unathletic compared to guys today. That's, that's but that's correct. just the evolution well, of the sport. Well, 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 you can't do that now. Right. Don't, don't say that. Thanks, now, I appreciate now, it. Now you're, thanks for the well, call. What did I say now, there? Now, no, I don't know. Now you're really upsetting the people from that generation. Now no. you're undercutting that generation of people. I'm just being facetious. Uh, I know. Facetious. You know what I'm saying. Facetious? Uh, no, no facetious. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. The, yeah. the point being is no matter what you say, you're going to upset somebody in this day and age. Good. Somebody's going to write an article about it. Somebody's going to tweet something stupid about it. And you're an idiot. I'm an idiot we're all idiots so it doesn't matter why can't you just be less sensitive I'm, I'm not sensitive maybe it's different because we we live in a world where if we were sensitive it'd be very hard to do the show because you know, you we're know. told every day yeah, yeah, but you, yeah, no, time out time out we're not told every day by everybody you, uh, maybe not everybody and maybe somebody somebody doesn't like something you say or i say or whatever it's the same thing about playing quarterback you're not going to please everybody maybe that's why at the age of 56 i've been through you know 30 years of this and I know that there's going to be somebody that's going to be critical. Sure. So what? You know why? Because I get paid to be critical. You know, I have to yeah, think I got to take it. care of. I, I, yeah, but like I always tell people, like I'll go in and I'll meet a, 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 a you know, like a coach or something on a Monday night. And they'll say, man, I, I caught you uh, last Tuesday or last Sunday and you were really negative about our play call towards the end of the game. I said, well, what do you want me to do? Sit there and tell you guys are great? I mean, you lost by 30. I have a family to feed. I got a responsibility. I have to give an opinion about something. You may not like it, but that's my job. Right. Just like it's your job to go out there and try to win football games and make the right calls, get the right people on the field, and, and don't get stopped at the goal line right. when the game's on the line. I, I mean, so the point being is that everybody everybody is sensitive about something, and when they can attach their agenda to something that is as popular as, let's say, a John McEnroe or the, uh, the NFL or the NBA or anti-police or whatever it may be, right. they're going to attach it because it's going to be newsworthy and it's going to be noteworthy. Why do you think you chose so many professions that are built around people being negative about you? Oh, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. No, it's interesting. Just keep your head <laughs> down and move on. Man. And why do you think, I think, 10 years later, that we are better prepared for that criticism than just about anybody? Because as I've said many times, in 10 years, meaning that we've done, you get more vacation than the rest of us, but let's just say we've done, let's say we've done 2,500 shows. 2,500 shows. Okay. I've never felt good about myself walking out of the studio on one of them. You yeah, blow. They blow. Everybody sucks. You the world suck. sucks. 
You're right. fat. You yeah. eat too much. Right. You're bald. You got a sick. You got, you got uh, sickness. You're sick. You, you need addicted. a shrink. Yes. Um, I'll wear skinny jeans. I mean, th- there's not a hurry back. Right. No one's ever walked out of the studio ever. Going, you know what? Today is going to be a great day. You're an I idiot. Feel- you suck. Look at how he's dressed. He's fat. Right. He's a moron. Well, <laughs> That's the and way much it is, of it man. stems from your leadership. At the end of the right. day, I walk out of that studio feel good about myself. Much of it stems from you, you <laughs> flat-footed, block-headed, overweight bastard. Well, he's an idiot. You're an idiot. You blow. He blows chunks. <laughs> of course, we're here uh, for a good cause. Yes, we are. <laughs> Although there's some moments uh, you wouldn't know. Like, already, I can tell you. Like, So this is very important to me. It's my foundation, right? Al's already been online figuring out how long it's going to take him to get home at 10.01. That's all he cares about. He's been on directions.com. On his phone, he brought up Google Maps. And I saw him just download Waze. Horrendous. <laughs> it's not even 8 o'clock. So I was figuring, booms an hour twenty here, no traffic, right? No exactly. So you're looking at a good. Did you two, tap and see it or no? Two twenty, no bad move. Probably two twenty oh. going back. Yeah. Why wouldn't you tap and see it? I followed the GPS who sent me the the G dub. G dub, especially oh. when you go through all the infrastructure spending that's going on. Bang. Fair point. Yeah. Why? I figured you would have been a tap and see. I should have. Sure but I always listen to the Google Maps, no matter where it's. You gotta go ways. I think ways is better than Google no. Maps. What do you think? Uh, uh, I, like ways ways. I like ways. Plus, I need I like to know ways. where they're. They got, so, they got. They got funny voices on ways now too. That's yeah. true. They have Tyler Perry doing. Um, what's the character he plays? Maddie. Maddie goes to like Washington. Maddie this. They have uh, different voices. Big Mama's house. You could have like Big Mama tell right, you, where you know, to go. I, I was I was listening this morning out, and you're gonna love this. That means Boom's uh, gonna be on Waze in like a week. I was listening <laughs> this morning out, and you will hey, Craig, absolutely got, love uh, this. Craig got a brand new brand new gig. <laughs> Me and Phil Sims are the directional voices <laughs> on Waze. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's awesome. I made a hundred grand. It's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the idea. Are you doing it? No. I want to be the voice for the Long Island Railroad. No, you don't. Dumbass, watch the gap. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got to tell somebody to watch the gap. You have to tell them. You know why? Oh, my God. Because these phones. You see the the video the other day of the woman who's on her phone, walked right into, you know, restaurants have the... uh, the, the basement spaces and the yes. things are open. Yes. <laughs> well, I got a phone. She fell right into She it. walks into the actual thing, goes head head first over and goes down the chair. <laughs> Is she all right? Who cares? <laughs> Maybe her family does. Oh, I mean, well, get off the phone. How about that? But I was going to tell Al, I was, I was listening this morning, and you're going to love this, Al. With all the projects, construction projects going on in the tri-state area, which there has to be at least 150, and they are major, major thoroughfare projects, right? There has been an additional amount of 250,000 cars added to the road just in the local tri-state area, and, it, and it's rising every single month, according to the DMVL. What if we did this? Stop selling cars. Well, you can't. You put all those people out of business. Oh, Is that a win for you? not work. What, what are you? Are you trying to put people out of business No, no, now? no. I just think... Is that what it's all about, Al? Would well, up the value of our cars. He's trying cars. to figure yes, out what... It would be, yes, it would. Then now you can sell your Honda. <laughs> Not drive a Honda. This two-door Honda that, without that air Accord might get ninety thousand bucks. <laughs> right, exactly. Time done with it. Uh, Boomer Cardin on the fan. So you're, uh, it's going to take a good two hours and twenty minutes to get back today. I hope it takes him five hours to get home. He should stay and spend an hour or two in a golf cart and see what it's all about. With three worlds, he's like, yeah, fat chance. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Matt Harvey and a couple of his buddies, I guess, rented a place out in Montauk. Good for them. 
And he's uh, at the local joint, you know, throwing back some 1942. I like it. Good and uh, tequila. I guess there are some people that are like, what's Matt Harvey doing? He do whatever well, he wants. He's injured, man. He's injured. He's not playing. There's not much he could do about that injury that he's, now, that he's dealing with. To, for the devil's advocate standpoint, for those people that are like, I don't like the, I don't like the optics of it. Oh, come on. Listen, <coughs> he's not wrestling. He's not golfing. He's not doing anything that would hamper his ability to come back from the injury. But there are those people who feel, hey, wait a minute, you're hurt. You're not helping your team. You've had a terrible year anyway. How about you don't go out and drink and do that? Nope. Sorry. Of course, he's allowed to do it. That's right. I have no issue with it. I really- no, neither do I. But it's funny how people like and Al Dukes, for example, might try to find some issue with, I don't like the fact that he's enjoying himself. Well, Al doesn't enjoy himself, so right. why would he be also happy true. if somebody else was enjoying themselves? But it's the optics of, here's a guy that's had a terrible year who, you know, had the night of drinking, which caused oh, a lot minute, of problems. You, you had told me that Al Dukes doesn't go <laughs> down to the shore every weekend. He does. And enjoys a few nice libations, has a beautiful gal with him, and he he's does. rocking and rolling, living high on the hog. I, but he and does. you're going to tell me that Matt Harvey can't do that. The difference, though, is that Al Dukes goes to work every day. That's what Al. That's well. The point Al, where, Al Dukes hasn't been hurt. Plus, on the he, work job site. Here's the other you thing. You know, like if you're if you're he missed the guy, game because let me of ask you a question. So let's right. say you're you're one of those guys that's working on a Kosciuszko bridge right now, and you're taking down the old bridge, and something happens where it falls and smashes your foot. You go on disability, right? Yeah. And you could tell me that that guy can't go out to uh, you know out to Montauk and have a nice weekend no. with his family and friends. What what the point is is that no, I didn't say that. I never said that. I didn't know that. On the Kosciuszko bridge, no foot in a cast. No, 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 no. No one ever said that. So you're choosing not to listen to the argument. Matt Harvey. By the way, the team is out of town. The team is out of town. It doesn't matter. Right. When the team is in town, he's with his team, I'm sure, like David Wright is. When the team is out of town, he doesn't fly with the team. He does. He stays here in New York, and you're going to tell me he can't go out to I think he the hell he wants for a nice three- or four-day weekend and, and enjoy himself. I think it's great. All right, then stop making a big I'm deal I'm saying that there's the other side of that is, hey, here's the guy that missed the game because he was hungover. Yeah, I heard here's Al the guy that I know, heard Al Dukes this morning. Maybe, maybe that guy should say, you know what? For the rest of this baseball season, I'm not going to be seen in that type of situation. Now, I will say this. That's all I'm if, saying. If, it's uh, a fair point. If uh, I took off because I had a little laryngitis or something like that, and it didn't sound good. Like, do you remember the one day you came in, you were just so sick, you had to leave? Now, no, remember Paul, I don't remember that day. Well, why are you getting so frustrated? Because no, I know, because like now you're, you're putting it on me. I, see what, way, I know this you, is going. You missed shaving right under your nose. Did I? Yeah, you got all a big right. chunk of like, like hair there. You got to use that uh, razor on the Okay, side, I'll take right? care of that upstairs. All right, please do, because it's bothersome. I'll go into Tom Brady's locker. I'll take his razor. I'll take care of that. I'll go into Bill Clinton's locker and take, grab his razor. No, Great. I'm not going to touch that. So here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I would just say <laughs> that if I took a day off because I had laryngitis, mm-hmm. and I did like what Jerry did when he went on vacation and took a shot of the beach, this is where I'm resting. Yeah. Then I can understand you guys getting mad at me. I, that I would understand. Yes. But not in this case. I'm sorry. Al? Yeah, just you used the example of the guy where the thing fell on his leg. He was working on the bridge. He's really injured. There's some of us, when we see Matt Harvey, all of a sudden I got a tired arm. I can't play He's now. injured. Seems he's not in, as no, injured. No, he's injured. Here's uh, James That's and Glenn Rock on the fan. James, good morning. How you doing, buddy? Good. Hi. So my, my question is, do you think David Wright will ever come back? And the reason I'm asking no. is I have a David Wright jersey that I'm trying yeah. to sell, and I don't know if it'll be worth more if he ever comes back. He's not coming back. 
Uh, the career's over. I told you, that, I sadly, you two it. years ago. If you hold on to that and wait until he dies, it would really be worse. <laughs> yeah, it'd be worth more. He's dead. Yeah, right. I think well, it so, depends. Yeah. Hold on, now. hold on. How old are you? I'm 46. I just turned 46. Oh, so you'll be dead before he's dead. So I would say put in your will, leave it to your kids. So when David does pass away, your kids have something to remember him by. It's kind of like art. It's yeah, once a guy dies, his stuff's worth a lot more. Yeah, because he he's okay. not going to be able to make Because then he can't make more. Yeah. That's the point. Like Michael Jackson, oh, big, big, big. He died, he's even bigger. Right? Yeah. The value goes up. Well, what do you yeah. think? Like, do you think uh, John Lennon's stuff's more valuable, dead or alive? Alive. Well, you're if not listening then. Well, no. Now, 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 you know. Well, he couldn't sign it when he's dead. Okay, so if it's signed before he's... But you got to make sure it's yes. authentic and real. Well, hold on. There's a lot if of it's signed... Stuff. What were you about to say there? If it's signed before what? What? Before he died, obviously before he dies. I mean, right. So I would say that if he signed it after he died, that would be amazing. That's probably for gazing. That would probably be amazing. But if he truly did sign it after he died, scoop that bitch up and hold on to it for a couple of years because that's gonna be worth a lot of money. Well, this I don't know. I don't know who's gonna authenticate it though. Maybe Eli. What? It's the 2009 jersey when the city field opened up. When the new, the new yeah. stadium opened up. Did he wear the jersey or no? No, no. It just has the tags on it. It's all so you mean you just went to Models and bought a David Wright jersey and you want to sell it? I had one, yes. Yeah, so I'll give you $5 for it. No. How much you want? At least 100 How much did you buy it for? Well, I mean, does, what, the, what difference does it make? 60 bucks. I'll give you forty dollars for it. Oh come on! What? You bought it you ten years you ago. Don't think, you don't think he's uh, he's gonna play again? Thirty dollars. Oh. oh. Twenty-five. I can't. Maybe I'll Why not? get him to sign it. And then By the way, what's what's the goal? What do you think? You what do you think that that jersey's gonna be worth one day? Just out of curiosity, what's the what's the what's the goal? A hundred bucks? If he came back and they did something like you know made a, another MVP or you know yeah. something special. Uh-huh. I think it'd be probably 200 All right, so maximum, maximum, you think if he came back and won the MVP, <laughs> that jersey, would, which you bought at Models, would be worth no, 200 bucks, right? But no, no, you didn't get it. But it's not like you game worn jersey. Guy, it, was, it was from the Mets organization, like somebody that uh, knew the locker guy, you know. Right, but you said it had, it had tags on well, it, you said. like some Fugazi selling out the locker room. Does it, does it have tags on it or not? Yeah, it has the tags. It's a new jersey. Like the so the Mets are now selling David Wright's jersey out of the locker room or something like that, right? I don't know. I don't know where. Okay, whatever. Are. You got a brand new jersey with tags on it for sixty bucks, and you got it in two thousand and nine. How many of those jerseys do you think they sold? Mm, hundred thousand. Okay, I'll give you five dollars for it. <laughs> Come on. Well, what do you think That's it's worth? Right. I think it's a hundred bucks. I mean, you go online, you look at these. These stores and stuff, you see what they go for. And it's, it's stitched numbers. It's not printed. You know, everything is authentic. All right, so what I want to do is why don't I give you and Craig both $100 to stop this stupid conversation. I think it's oh, fascinating. I mean, honestly, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. No, no, it's well, anyway, no, it's I mean, you just made Boomer very upset. Apologize to Boomer. He did. He just took his headphones well, off. He's also right. looking at hockey stories, this, so he made us be distracted. This guy's also banking on David Wright not, winning only, an MVP. not only coming back, but winning the MVP. Yeah. I would or say I this would, to you, it sir. It was an example. It was an example. Yes. Your example sucks. I'll give you five bucks. If that's unacceptable, oh, i got to say goodbye. I can't accept it. 
Have a good uh, and and that's why I'm out. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> Guy bought one of a million jerseys. Wants a hundred bucks for it. Ten years later. Okay, are you guys done? Huh? I mean, we're arguing over a hundred dollar jersey. I'm having fun with the guy. Have a little fun. Lighten up, will you? All right. You won your stupid hockey game last Sorry, night. It's not stupid. It's stupid. Why is it stupid? Then when you stupid. talk about it like it's the AFC Championship it's game. It's not stupid. So we're beating the Raiders. It's true. I mean, no, boom. no, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything. I said it was a good game. Nah, every break you told me another aspect of the game. I did not tell you anything about the game. And not, I don't not for nothing. It. I love you. I'm glad you won. I don't care. Yeah, okay. I don't care that you don't care. It's like when people go up to you and go, let me tell you about my fantasy football team this week. Nobody cares but you. Yeah, and I don't care what, that you don't care. No, but I don't care what happened in your game. Yeah, I don't care that you don't care. <laughs> I, I still All don't right, care. So I don't care. Hey, Craig, guess what happened in the game? We won seven to six. Blah blah. I didn't. I didn't hey, but we guess right. Guess me. what? I, I, I'm like I'm like John Macro. I'm like an innocent victim. I got Russell Wilson on my fantasy team. You asked me a question. So I gave you an answer. Holy moly! And now moly. all of a sudden you're saying that 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 question really was not a serious. I was question. having fun like, with the guy. You were just trying. No, no, I'm not with him. With me. Well, you, I'm just saying. You, so you that's wanna, how shallow you are. You are. You're shallow. No, I'm saying you're, you're talking about your hockey you're team shallow. like we No, care. I did not say anything about my hockey team. You asked me about it. I gave there. you an answer. I, asked I don't care hours that you don't care. Lose. Yeah, but why are you bringing it up now? Because I'm making a point to you. <laughs> what point is that? That I don't really care because even though I asked you a question, that you just admitted to me that you don't care. I don't care if you. I mean, I was, so, I was so you being don't care. cordial and saying, "Did yeah, you?" Yeah, but win see, or lose? cordial and shallow is what you were being. No, cordial and shallow. You're the kind of person the like exclusive I, I, ideology. My, my, my dear Leslie Visser, love, 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 love Leslie, love Leslie, right? But you are in a in a place where there are a lot of celebrities. Yeah. She will go, hi, Boomer, how are you doing? And then just, like, walk like away. Exists, like Wait a minute, there's Jim Nance. i got to go talk to Jim Nance. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. That's what you just did to me. This no, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I'm just pointing out, like, yeah, you, did. you treat your hockey team like most no, guys. No, like, no, 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 guess, no, 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 no. Guess who my you starting asked, running back is? You asked me a question. I gave you an answer. When did I ask you a question? You asked me the question around 6 o'clock this morning. What was the question? You asked me, did you win last night? And I said yes, and I said it was a good game. Yeah, so two and a half hours That's later, I I'm said. still talking about your hockey I, team. I never brought it up. You brought it up. No, I let every break. Guess what? Guess no, what? No, guess no, what? no, no, no. I did not bring blah, it up at blah, all. Blah. And again, you just said you don't care. So don't ever ask me again about something that you don't care I about. I won't. To think that you are somehow in some way placating my fascination no. to mark my it's hockey team. It's what friends do with one another. No, they no, ask no, no, questions no. I they have no you, interest I, in the answer. I, no, no. I always ask you serious questions, and I am very interested in the answer, or I won't even bother asking you the question because it's a waste of my time. No, no. Friends do this all the time. How's no, no, your no, weekend? My friends don't. <laughs> hey, what you do this weekend? No my friends cares. don't. Yeah, my friends do. don't. I'm sorry. Oh, no and if you're, one, if you're one of those guys, that's why you're not in a the organ donation Oh, box. I'm in the box. No, you're not. Because I keep it real. No, you with won't. You. No, you Most won't. Most of your friends are like, boom, you're signing no, the you the admitted. You just admitted. Right. That and I don't care who you did, what you off. did in hockey. That's right. That's why you're not getting an there organ. There was a young stud. He was all over the ice. I don't know. So what? I know one thing. Billy H. would get an organ Billy if he H. needed one. Yeah. Not you. All right? That's all I can tell you because I know that guy's got my back. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. I got about 10 of those guys. Hey, Boomer. They need a kidney. They're getting one. You're fantastic. Saw you on TV. You look great. Your partner sucks. You're, you're the best. Jesus Christ. Huh? Yeah, okay. Hey, and then, then now you're just going to happen all day today because you have some friends coming here today? Yes. It's going to be like this. Hey, how'd you do in hockey last night? <laughs> 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 we care about it a lot. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. Ah! 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going to be just act like that tomorrow, Jerry. We'll be fine. Because <laughs> that's what I work with every day. A barking seal. <laughs> and I read the uh, fourth annual uh, TikTok stops of the golf tournament. Yeah, the, gar- the barking seal that actually does have a heart from time <laughs> to time and shows compassion for others like you do here with this golf tournament and everything you do in the fight against the Reds. And that's why today is such an important day and a great day to be a part of. So I'm proud of you, my partner. Well, I appreciate it. There are every those some seminal moments that you have where you actually use your celebrity for for goodness and for kindness and i just uh, met a young boy that you've made a, a difference in his life yeah, i'll go grab ethan and go when ahead. you meet ethan and you see and you meet his mom and the smile that they have and the, the newfound I, I would say confidence that this young man has it's amazing from where we he was last year to where he is today is what this golf tournament is all about so it's a tangible evidence that it's working and that you put a face on something that is uh, as important as uh, Tourette's is. And you should be proud of that. And I'm proud of you for it. Well, that. I appreciate it. Yeah, Ethan's uh, this great kid who uh, was in our camp the very first year we started it. And like a lot of kids Ethan's age, you know, one of the things you deal with Tourette's because of the tics and twitches is that this bullying that goes on. You kind of get ostracized because kids will still be kids. And it doesn't mean that they're bad kids. It's just unfortunately, you know, kids find something that's wrong with you and they'll pick on you. And Ethan uh, came to the camp. And uh, he and I hit it off. He's one of our first campers. And then last year we honored him as uh, we always have a, a camper or a young person who's uh, like honored. And Ethan was our camper of the year last year. And you're at the gala. And Ethan gave one of the best speeches uh, I've ever he heard. Did. And then I just saw Ethan for the first time since then. Ethan, how you been, buddy? Pretty good. How old are you now? I am 13, and next month I'm going to go on to 14. You're going to make it to 14 for sure, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. And uh, what grade are you uh, going into next year? I'm going to be a freshman in high school. I'm going to be in ninth grade. So you're a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So if you can, in your own words, if you can describe what it was like you know, going to camp and, and how your life has changed since you got involved with TikTok Stop and how great things are now for you, can you put that into words? Yeah. If I could put it into words, I would say that miracles do happen. I mean, like miracles, not many people think that miracles are working in their favor, but I honestly think that mir- that this miracle has really gotten me started to help raise to help raise awareness in the TikTok Stop Foundation and to make life better for people with Tourette's. So I think honestly that if this miracle keeps going on, that um, we can work together and um, we can. I don't know how to put it. It's just so amazing. All Make a difference, and that's what you're doing, Ethan. And yeah. the amazing thing I was talking to you beforehand, you're a lover of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you love football. Am I right? Yeah. And you are a football player. Definitely. Yeah, I know you're not a wide receiver. I could take, I could see that. Oh, come on. Uh, I, I would say you are either an <laughs> offensive tackle or a nose tackle. What position do you play? Play offensive tackle and DN. DN. Okay, here's the deal. Be an offensive tackle. Make a lot of money. Take care of your mom when you get a little bit older. And you know what? I think uh, the fact that you're playing football and now that you believe that you can play football is really what TikTok Stop's all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about believing in yourself. Well, you do that, but you have to know this. You're the one that's doing all of it. We did nothing. We just met you. And it all comes from what you did. Because you can't get to where you're at if you didn't decide you want to make a change. So you yeah. got to take credit for that. And we appreciate the fact that we're a small part of it. But you got to look in the mirror and be proud of yourself because you did it. And with the help of your family, when we met you, was it three years ago now? At yeah. the very first uh, Camp Carton, you were a completely different kid. 
and now you're this awesome young man. You're uh, playing football. You're self-confident. But you did all that. So know that. Be proud of that. Ethan, are you close with your offensive lineman buddies? You're real tight with those guys? <laughs> there you go. You're tight with those guys, right? Yeah, I get tight. All right, so here's the deal. I want you, I want you to go back, and I want you to give them the offensive lineman's prayer. It's a very okay? special thing. It's a very special thing, and it's very easy to remember. I'll write it down for you so you remember it a little bit later on. So when you go back and you're in your offensive line meetings and you're trying to become the best player you can be so you can protect a guy like me, a quarterback, which is very, very important. Don't ever forget that. Uh, it goes like this. We work the hardest. We work the hardest. We're known the least. We're known the least. But who cares? Who cares? For we are the reason. For we are the reason. You got that? Yep. He'll write That's it down it. for you. I'll write it for you, but you got it. We work the hardest. We work the hardest. We're known the least. We're known the least. But who cares? But who cares? We are the reason. We are the reason. There you go. You got it? Yeah. And you can show them that boomer right down. You can show everyone the note the boomer writes down for you. Of course, the key to that being protect, protect yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, always protect the quarterback. You got to protect the quarterback, that. right? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I just want yeah. people to know, if you could tell people what Camp Carton is like, because one of the, the things we do with the money we raise here today, it funds the camp. We make a point at Camp Carton that we don't accept money from anyone. Most families can't afford it if we ask them for money for it, but we don't. We underwrite every penny of it. Uh, it's with, a St. Jude model is what it is. Yes. So, it's exactly based on the St. Jude model where if you are sick and you have a cancer and you are a child and you have nowhere else to turn but the St. Jude, they will underwrite everything, take care of travel, take care of living expenses. There is no cost associated to the families because, number one, they may not be able to afford it, but really the big thing is the anxiety and the pressure that comes along sure. with taking care of a kid like that. And the same thing for the Tourette's uh, yep. families that you're dealing with, and that's why you make sure that all these kids come for free. Yep. Every kid, whether you can afford it or not, comes for free. We always underwrite every penny of it. We have 60 kids now the camp costs about a hundred thousand dollars a year and we're, we're blessed that we can do it through events like this but i want people to hear from someone who's gone to camp a few years what is camp carton like and how is it special for you i got you well in my opinion i would probably say the number one thing about camp carton i'd say it's a haven it's a safe place for people with Tourette's and that don't feel themselves when they're around other people to go where they have people that have the same struggles of them like Tourette's and other things and they can just relax and they can sit back and they can know hey I belong here and I belong anywhere else too great job buddy good seeing you good that's seeing Ethan you. everyone there you go Ethan was our camp of the year last year and uh, I think we'll do great things uh, beyond as he goes into ninth grade right yep my man, uh, you can take it off, go have breakfast, hang out, and we're going to let you drive a car today. Uh, it was an honor to be with you, Craig. Thank no, you. No, it's my honor. Thanks, buddy. That's uh, Ethan Smith, who's a big Steeler fan, and he was on our show uh, last year before our gala, and his mom called me and said when they, uh, they went to Pittsburgh, we got him tickets to go see a Steeler game, and he's walking through the parking lot, and there's some people in Pittsburgh who watched our show. And as he's walking through the parking lot, they're like, hey, Ethan, you're the guy from recording. You're a rock star. We love you, buddy. And he's high-fiving people in the parking lot and had a great experience. So I appreciate him coming on and, and everyone allowing me to do that because he's a special young man who will do great things in life for sure. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.